0: Causing a major disturbance on my time. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? The I Don't Know Dude Podcast. I'm the dude. Hello everybody, and we are back with another episode of the I Don't Know Dude podcast. Yeah. We got my boy Larry the lawyer in the house. <laughs> How do you pronounce your last name?
1: Castrita
0: castrita, castrita. Yeah. larry castrita
1: yeah when you met me i was larry vision
0: larry vision yeah <laughs> so okay so larry and i go way back we've been djing together for 15 years
1: at least yeah
0: when can you recall the first time we hung out
1: uh the first time we hung out i think you were bar backing at dragon and i was djing at dragon when i was still there at the end of the, yes. at the end of the pier and uh yeah i remember you know you came by obviously you Interested in DJing, and uh, you know was we're always vinyl. hanging out in the booth. Yeah, it was, it was all, all vinyl, vinyl. Yeah. exactly.
0: And I remember, yeah, I was like super stoked. I was like, I was like, dude, this guy rips. Thank and it was like you and Quixotic. Yeah, yeah. And then not many people know these Dragon Days. These Dragon Days guys was a nightclub, more like a bar nightclub in um, Hermosa Beach, and the Sundays yeah. went off. And this is like two thousand six, yeah. two thousand seven. This is right when people thought house is still techno. Right. <laughs> right. And then the Sundays, well, you guys do a lot of Fridays and Saturdays. I, did, yeah. I usually worked like Saturday days and, and Sunday days. And I would come in there periodically from Fridays, Saturdays and DJ. And yeah. I, But we always hung out. You were always the nicest guy to me. I appreciate that. And uh, Yeah, and we brought we be- you up to Hollywood. Yeah. And we became friends and yeah. you kind of brought me up out there. What, where, would you, where did we play out there? Like Rock li- Bar. Tommy Liesel place. Yes. Yeah. That was, like, one of my first Hollywood gigs ever. Yeah,
1: yeah. It would have and, been a Friday night.
0: Yeah, but I kind of t- ripped a page out of your book because when I started getting into your echelon, I was like, okay, dude, like, I don't really want to, like, do the whole night, but I'm going to have some of my friends that are trying to come up and, like, do the opening, but they're going to be stoked like I was because I was super stoked.
1: Yeah. I yeah. was
0: like, like yeah, dude, just play from 10 to 11 do your thing. I'll come on after. I was like, fuck yes. Here I am. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then when I, then like 15 years later, I was like, Oh, I only want to do an hour tonight. Like I'm going to have two of my friends come in to open and finish. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome to see, right? Like, uh,
1: you know, some people come on, they're super stoked to do the early sets and then, you know, then I'm looking at you in the newspaper, like voted best DJ in the South Bay for I don't know how many years eight, since then. It was eight
0: years in a row. My God! Well, I know back then it was first. It was like number one, but yeah. I, I I beat out like the grandma DJ at at uh <laughs> at Patrick Malloy's. The- yeah, but
1: nowadays, I mean, that's a the thing. There's just, there's a lot of good DJs down here right now.
0: It blew up because you guys are kind of the first ones, but you, Mike Mataraki took you guys right. from like the Hollywood scene right. and brought you here, and yeah. that's what made it awesome. You pretty much were part of the big music culture scene that happened in the in the two thousands and then EDM hit.
1: Right. Yeah. EDM and then Serato hit. So everyone, you know, following Z Trip, everyone's mixing together eighties songs with with, you know, some some house beats. Yeah, and DJ stuff
0: like that. M made it the Yeah. AM
1: and Z trip and, you know, you're mixing, you know, rock you're doing that that's when everyone's doing Sweet Child of Mine with, you know, some hundred and twenty yeah. BPM. Like you yeah.
0: Know. God, I can we can talk about DJing yeah. for the next hour. <laughs> but now Larry is A full-blown lawyer yeah it's been a minute too and we reconnected a couple months ago because i had a i had a i've been having trouble with um some instagram accounts that have been using my ads i mean my images as ads because i would give them permission to be like hey you can 100% use my photo and repost it on your profile. I'm honored. I'm not going to be like, a, like. oh, what? You got to pay me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always honored. Yeah. But then when I see someone use one of my best photos that I use for an ad to try and sell as my own fine art, that's what fucking grinds my gears, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is. You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> and then now you do a lot of copyright law. Yeah, I do a lot of copyright law. Um, so just break that down, dude. How'd you get there?
1: Um, I... I ended up, um, you know, well, I don't know how far back we want to go, but I, I at a certain point I knew I, I had to stop DJing. I was doing it a lot, um, every night. And then, you know, you, you've been there, you're waking up in different cities. You're doing the whole <laughs> thing drained ya,
0: up. Buddy. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, um, I'd always thought that I wanted to go to law school at some point. And, uh, at that time, some of my friends were having kids, getting families, all this stuff. I'm still DJing, but I felt like I had to, I had to grow up at some point. And then if I had time, that would have been the time to, you know, put three years into something and, and, you know, switch it up. I really um went into many, law school.
0: How many kids do you have now? None. Oh, wait, you, you got married. I'm married. Yeah. That same, 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 same. Yeah, yeah. A little, <laughs> it's a little it's a little bit dog?
1: harder to, you know, be in Vegas one night and be in you know yeah. Seattle another night and that kind of thing when you're married Yeah, you so. a dog? Uh, no, no dog. Pets? No pets. I'm a lawyer, she's a lawyer, so it's uh my pets meet? work. Yeah, did
0: <laughs> Did you, <laughs> did, you um, did you guys meet in law school?
1: No, we met in Vegas at uh, at rehab
0: shocker yeah
1: 2005 or six Shocking, yeah, yeah
0: dude that's so crazy <laughs> i to play this one <laughs> so you guys have been together for how long before before you guys got married
1: um we were together 15 years before we got married uh we've been married. awesome
0: that dude was... what took you so long
1: um a lot of stuff so law school for example um i went and then she wanted to go and she uh wanted to make sure she finished law school before she got married
0: you guys um, are so smart
1: it was yeah you know but i mean also we were like just playing you know yeah. for a while um, just before law school and all that. And then, you know, so we were living down here in Manhattan for a while and just right. enjoying, you know, the beach Wait, and the whole she
0: thing. She DJs as well? No, 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 no. We um, were living down here. Oh, how'd you meet her at rehab? Where she's just like cruising and then pool with with, a, yeah. with one of those frosties. <laughs> yeah. Pretty um, much. I actually DJed Rehab. Me too. Um, yeah. This was like 2000, summer of 2018 with really? uh, Biotti. Wow. And it was kind of like the last, like, kind of big summer they had. It was. On the outs, but it was still pretty rad. And it was my first thing ever.
1: Fiatty's doing his thing out there.
0: Dude, he's he's hooked up with Shaq.
1: He's another one of those kids. Like when we were doing I Sharkies, I gave
0: him his first gig I at be- Sharkies. I
1: believe it. You told me that. And then when I went there, I was doing a guest set. Like That, that time we were doing Tuesday nights with a bunch of big people yes. coming through. And uh, he was one of the guys that was going to come and do like an opening kind of thing. And I was just like, I don't even know how to follow that. Like it was amazing. Because at that time, you were starting to get the... Um, you Know, like the Ableton and like the push trigger kind of the like kids, loops going dude, on. The kids. Yeah, so I saw this kid who you know was playing instead of playing video games, he's playing with you know loops and on it on a hand trigger kind of uh you know controller and was just going off and the the crowd was just going off. I was like, this kid's got well, it. the
0: thing was is, is that he was 20 years old and he was sitting outside on that little on that little um you know square like block out front, yeah, and he was just listening to it and he met it and he, I popped outside to, like jump on the phone, and he's like, hey, hey. You're Richard, right? You're DJ wow. Dick. And I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, he's like, I've been trying to DJ for so long. I was wanted to meet you and yada, yada. Wow. And I, was, I was like, yo, dude. I was like, come on in. Mm-hmm. I know he's 20, but you're, you're legally allowed to work in a bar when you're 18. Right. Can't serve drinks. Drink. Exactly. So I kind of was like, hey, door guy, this guy is my opener DJ. And I waltzed him in with me and he stood behind me and I showed him the ropes. And, I was, and they're like, who's this? So I'm like, this is my friend. He's, he's DJing. Mm-hmm. All the managers are like, whatever. They just went, yeah. they had so much to worry about. They didn't give a fuck who this did I just, just mind your P's and Q's and, <laughs> exactly. and don't drink.
1: Yeah. Right. Stay out of the way.
0: And then the next time I had him come in, I was like, Hey, let's put this guy on the flyer. And then all of a sudden his, like his friends started, he was, he was dedicated and, and you give the, the worm, the wiggly worm, the worm. Exactly. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Like, and you could tell he was in it. I like DJs that look at the crowd that are, that are doing it based on what the crowd's doing, you know, and the whole time, every time he's like making a change over something like that, he's seeing the reaction and you could tell that's drives it to the next you know song he was always
0: transition. he uh Adi, um he always talks about dance floor churn about how like okay you go into the 80s and you go into the house and you go to the hip-hop and then so it churns the entire bar out of their seats into the dance floor to the bar back to the seats to the dance floor and it, and and honestly these managers don't really give a fuck what you play yeah all they care about is that you are making the bar money somehow, some way. Right,
1: and if you understand that churn, then you know all right, this is the this is the song. Some people are gonna go like you say, hit the bar, hit the bathroom, whatever. Yeah. This is some people's quick break. They've been they've been jamming for like the last twenty minutes. So yeah, and all exactly.
0: of a sudden it's like started it from the bottom. Now we're here, and I was like, girl, this is my jam. Right, you and as, I'd say a good you know
1: thirty <laughs> percent of the people stay on the dance for the whole time. Yeah, like, at, just yeah. Stay and, and then you're
0: like, and then you're like, you turn and back that ass up. Now it's like, girl, I'm <laughs> going to drop it. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then exactly. and it's like, I got to pee, I got to pee because like her eighties songs not on anymore. Yeah. So you guys, all you guys listening who think DJ's bullsh- is a bunch of bullshit, is a bunch of bullshit because I kind of think it is. Kind of a scam myself, you know what I mean? Because people always say, "Dude, DJ ain't just pushing buttons. What are you doing?" It's like, right. well, you have to do perfect math for four hours straight, yeah, with, with the thirty-two counts in and thirty-two counts out. Um, everything beat matched um, most of the time. Hopefully, key matched,
1: right? Right, and based on sound, based and on and based your ears. on
0: sound, and like you use you're using music as an instrument, right? That's the crazy part about it. People think. I always say this analogy, I've said this on an older one, that uh, DJing is like a valet driver thinking he's cool for driving someone else's car, because you're playing <laughs> other people's music. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, that um, is a part of it, you know, you like, have to but, admit that. But people don't really, they just see this guy having a bunch of fun, but they don't realize he still has a click in his head, and you're keeping that click. Yeah. Always, it's like, you can turn around, you can put it in, you have a two-month, it's, I always say it's like two minutes off, one minute on, two minutes off, one minute on, and during that one minute, don't touch me. Right. During that exactly. two minutes, let's turn around and take a shot.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And like you say, we could go into this you know, forever because I mean, I, to that point, I think my, you know, I, I'm sure you've said it, but um, it's, it's maybe 20% while you're actually playing in front of people. There's most of it is all day, every day, listening to music, cataloging music, dr- testing things out, seeing if things are going to like mix together well, you know, finding those drops to change genre or whatever.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have, I'm going to push back on that because I am probably the worst DJ ever. What I do, my, I, <laughs> because I, because I figured DJing, DJing was my practice, right? When you play four times a week, you don't want to hear music. When you, when you have, when you have three or Agreed. four, four hour shifts of, of, of like 10 to 2 AM shit on Monday, you're like, don't turn on the fucking radio, like talk radio all the time. That's how I got into listening to podcasts and yeah. like Alan Kroll. Cause I was like, I love talk radio and uh and like what i did i waited till like 9 p.m on a friday or a thir- if i first gig was on a thursday you know I'd, I'd wait till like 9 p.m my gig you have to be there at 10 oh yeah that's, wait till the last minute for that's sure. when i would dig through all the websites that i i had to go to which is like crooklyn clan of course um, beatport you know, or or like some some of the songs that your friends texted you, like, dude, this is the shit. Play this at the play this at the club. Exactly. And I was always I wasn't always like on top of it. I just got all the best shit so it wouldn't break. Mm-hmm. So I knew it would be perfect every time. And I had my one bag that was dedicated to DJing that had all my all my little tricks in there. Of course. And then you you load it up and it all everything's in there. The extra little wire, the extra little headphone thingy, you know? It's just an course, extra little and yeah. because it, that's like
1: RCAs, extra adapters. Cause you show up at some places, some channels don't work and you gotta,
0: you can never trust yeah. like coming into a new place has to be one of the scariest things for a DJ, right? Always.
1: I mean, not just because of the technical difficulties like that. There's always something missing. There's always yeah. some, some channel that's not there or the headphone jack doesn't have, like, or they a just don't have their whatever.
0: equipment. Right. Right. And there's, I the monitors
1: this, like never worked, and you're I like, always, it's not too hard. I always
0: kept a monitor in my car, yeah, a QSC ready to go. There was a time I played this place called the Vault in downtown LA. They turned, they turned a bank, an I old school it. bank, yeah, in there, mm-hmm. and um, they turned this place and like, and it's a really cool nightclub. It's a downstairs vault. They turn into, I played there, like little sitting areas and yeah. like, and the DJ booth is like in the in the lockbox area. Oh, when I played
1: there, it was like on the dance floor. So
0: well, I'm the, like the different... dance floor was in the middle.
1: Yes, yes. Right, and then yes. they
0: had the bar where, like, where like the open area was. But then there was like a there's like two little lockbox cutty areas. Yes, I rolled into this place the first time I ever DJ there. And RCA was working. He's like, oh, you are going to find one. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh my, we don't have Serato. But I was like, what? You don't have like... <laughs> I was like, I sent to you my writer. It's it's so basic. Yeah. Just two turntables I bring, and a mixer.
1: I always bring a Serato box.
0: So I had everything but one RCA. No one can find one. Oh I my texted God. my friend in Hermosa Beach. I go, I will pay you $80. Fucking dollars. I think you
1: texted me that
0: day. I did text yeah. you first because I thought you were closer. Yeah. So I texted you. You were like, no, I'm at a gig. I texted my other friend that doesn't DJ because it's like a fucking popping friday night it was like 10 15 i was supposed to go on at 10 30 <laughs> i go bro i'll pay you 80 bucks to drive me an rca from Hermosa beach to downtown la right now and i'll give you free drinks everything whatever you want the girls will be everywhere that's right. i'm just like just trying to sell it the Yo club sell. You know? yeah yeah the old <laughs> club sell. could you write there's there's a line out the door right now you'll be right in just put on some nice shoes and come on down exactly and uh he showed up wow shout out to wow. lewis barnes everybody wow
1: drove from here there at 10 on a friday 80 Damn. bucks wow
0: Impressive. i was, that's I was a, only that's getting paid like 400 you know i was like Worth but it. but that saved Worth my ass because now the manager remembers me the guy who made it happen yeah. who was on time who started on time and the equipment worked and he didn't have to deal with it
1: right and then like you know that's how we end up setting up sound systems for other yes. you know, new clubs coming up and all that the manager yeah. trust you with yeah no it's not that hard
0: I, I set up the sound for uh, Ocean Bar. I was like, "You need QSCs in every corner, and right. the QSC right behind the DJ. QSC sub, yeah. Daisy chain them. I it did go.
1: I did rock sushi. Hell yeah, you did. But I mean, it never got to a point where they were where they could have a lot of people. They just had the um, food license, so they didn't have like you know oh, cabaret yeah. license. So oh, yeah. they were kind of like dissuading dancing, and and the system was amazing, but you never really got to see it perform.
0: That's the thing, though. When you, I used to. I started getting pickier. I was like, when I get hired for a place, I'm like, do you guys have your sound together? Yeah. Like, if you don't have your sound together, because there's two most important things, actually, the three most important things that that matter in a nightclub. One, the girls' bathrooms, right? Sure. <laughs> girls' bathrooms have to have a lot of stalls, exactly. A good gotta mirror. Be efficient, exactly. And don't smell mm-hmm. and really clean. Right. Girls, you Whoever's listening to this, I'm sure that you're. You go to nightclubs because of their bathrooms. Right. The selfies in the mirror area. How cute yeah. is it yeah. Two, uh, the smell? Right. Yeah. If you walk into a place and it smells like an old they all, cocktail.
1: They all do in the day. You know? Yeah. When you go into them, even the, even the ones you think are the cleanest. And the day you walk in there, you're just like, my God, it smells like, you know, the, 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 like my frat house used to smell. Yeah. But you're right. Some of them don't do their best to try to get that away. And it's, it's evident when you go in there.
0: And three, the sound. Yeah, of course. Because you're looking, you're smelling, you're pooping, and then the sound, that's the first thing people judge. When they hear that speaker fart, you know, like a like a little, <laughs> and you hear a <laughs> pff, 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 pff. people are like, dude, just get out of here. Right. This is whack. Yeah. And, and there will always
1: be bars. I do think there's something to be said about good bartenders, you know, efficient, fast bartenders or bartenders that are like cool with people, all that. So there's definitely that. But, but that's yeah.
0: where all the focus usually is. Agreed. So it's usually never a problem.
1: Yeah. And I mean they then like choice of songs too. You know, people yeah. are gonna choose where they're going because of the genre or whatever. But yeah. as long either genre doesn't matter. The open format, be
0: open it, everything sounds good. Yeah. If open format and amazing speakers, you can can't go wrong with a bar. Yeah. Four Wi Fi. True. Have have I mean a, if
1: it's a bar. I don't know it, about a club. But but nowadays, yeah, I think nowadays you gotta have Wi Fi at any because it,
0: that's the number one form of free advertisement a restaurant or a bar can have. If you don't have Wi Fi, they're not snapping pictures of your food, they're not taking selfies with their friends, right? They're not they're not doing their deal, right? And if they're not connected, it's they're they're doing something else. It's Not even that. I think it's like I think it's just uh, late to the game. Like you go to any other
1: country, and the smallest tiniest roadside shack that like. Doesn't even have electricity. We'll still have Wi-Fi somehow, and a you know? bumping sound system. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> oh, free Wi-Fi. Like that's one of my biggest beefs with hotels. That it, hotels in America charge for Wi-Fi. Anywhere else in the world, you go someplace and they're like, we got Wi-Fi. Here's the password. Yeah, you know. But I think yeah. I think
0: internet should be ubiquitous. It should be like um like running water.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. I think I think um you know like I say I think the states are kind of late to the game on that one, or we're just kind of a turning turning our nose up for um you know for like an extra. Ten bucks or whatever it is at a hotel, like just throw that in the bill. I don't want to think I'm paying for you know Wi-Fi here. Like I say, anywhere else in the world, anywhere. It's just like all right, here's the you know, here's your here's your key and here's the password. Right. I digress. (laughs) I mean, we're like way off topic. No, it's all good, man. It's fucking
0: it's a great grinds (laughs) your gears, dude. It's like you're pissing yourself, like things that piss you off. People like to listen to that stuff. Okay, so what are you working on now? Like what's what's been a notable, like memorable kind of lawyer type thing you've been doing? Like what, I've been what's doing been or of like, some like of the memorable ones. Like, kind of what's been like what's been like what's been on your mind as far as a lawyer lately? Um
1: well uh there's a lot. So COVID's been interesting because there's a lot less releases. So I'd say a good portion of my work is doing transactional like contracts, music contracts, production deals, um you know, joint venture type stuff in a in a regular summer I'm doing a ton of stuff for like uh you know, somebody um that's going to like perform at a festival or at like a, a beach or something like that. And you do those little agreements, you put together tours and you put together joint ventures with tours that are like sponsored by, you know, Pepsi or Coke or something like that. So you're like, like the
0: agent's homie. Um, right? Like that should
1: be, but we, we butt heads sometimes agent. Um, and I've got a ton of friends that are agents, but to me, an agent, um, well, the agents in music, the agent's supposed to be booking. I'm more like the manager's homie slash um, uh you know, weapon when he needs it. And otherwise yeah. like the guy who's kind of always being a dick I got to him, a like, lawyer. Hey, you should be careful about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't do this, don't do this. And most of it's just to save my ass. Cause if it's like, if I don't just let him know, and I know most of the people aren't listening to me, like, you know, but I got to tell them, Hey, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you're wondering if you could either get sued or get arrested for this, this is the line. Um, I yeah. certainly have to recommend that you don't cross that, but you know, you're, because a, once you're, the lawyer's you're on tour. Involved, like I don't dude, yeah.
0: once the big <laughs> wigs get involved it's a big ol'.
1: <laughs> it's true people don't like uh you know receiving a call from me if it's not like hey we've got a new deal coming um and that's the thing That like, i also do litigation and so that nobody likes receiving a call from me when that happens
0: but yeah i remember i was hitting you up for a lawyer i was i was like i need. i was like you didn't send me an invoice thank you <laughs> um but yeah so when it comes to like let's talk about Something I know, you know, sure. Even though it's called the "I Don't Know, Dude" podcast, <laughs> the shit I know about is um, is images and yeah. being flung around the internet.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting landscape. Right so now. I
0: have this crazy story that in this article I read, it was about this monkey who took this photographer's camera. I know the story. Ran up to the top of the tree and took a selfie with the camera. The photographer posted on the internet, it went viral. And it started being used in a lot of like very commercial aspects. Then, without permission. Without permission. And that guy lost his shit. That's my photograph. What are you doing with this? Like, Mm -hmm. like, dude. And then the court ruled he who had their finger on the shutter button at the time the picture was taken, they own that creative right. Yeah. And that's correct, right? So, like you say, that was in Australia. Um, and I'm not
1: entirely familiar with Australian law. We'll I think it's Australia our, or, some we'll way, Indo or something best. like that. yeah, we'll do yeah, our yeah. Best but it's here. close. a lot of a lot of countries that um, were formed after our constitution kind of uh, emulate our constitution. So a lot of the laws become kind of similar. Um, but yeah, in in the United States, it's actually kind of interesting. There was a case, the the leading case on it um, historically is this case involving Oscar Wilde. And he
0: had, hold, hold yeah, on. Yeah. describe the leading case thing. It's like the precedent that's set, kind of like the Roe v. Wade type shit, right? So a little bit different. It's like the like, one that went highest in the courts that that it pertains to this specific subject is like the lead, right? Well, this is the longest standing precedent.
1: Um, so on certain issues, the, the the closer you get in history, the more uh, nuanced some of the like new law becomes. Yeah. But the thing is, like, say for example, the copyright law itself, you know, gets derived from cases around like you know right around just before 1909 and after because the first copyright act was there and so the courts had kind of like done things about it and individual states did things about it and then they decided we have to have a federal uh copyright law in 19 I'm sorry 1909 um so the point of it is this Oscar Wilde case it's it's not necessarily the leading law currently as like this is the hot topic case like a Roe v Wade or something like that but it's it's nobody disagrees with that at this point and it'd be very, pretty much impossible to try to like um, sway law from that, including the fact that countries like Australia or Indonesia or wherever it was with the monkey picture have the same law. The idea is... Yeah,
0: I, I feel like a lot of countries tend to just copy-paste our libel laws and, and top, copyright laws and free speech laws and stuff, and they just kind of go bink, bink, right? Uh, it's it's a little bit of that. Um, France uh, leads the world
1: in this thing called moral rights or droit my route, which are like their creator rights. We can get into that later. Um, but the thing is there's a treaty amongst most countries, um, that involve copyright law and it's our copyright law that kind of guides that. Um, you know, some places like China have kind of turned a blind eye and there's a lot of like copyright infringement there and stuff like that. But
0: dude, that's number one.
1: Right. Exactly. But most countries, um, understand that if you're going to do, you know, most creative things, then, uh, the U S copyright law is going to guide. And a lot of the contracts also U S copyright law is going to guide and we'll get calls from international places that have a dispute going on from two countries that aren't even here, but they want US lawyers to kind of, you know, push those things through the copyright courts.
0: Very interesting. <laughs> Anyways, the no, point is... No, this, that, no, I'm like, I'm learning. <laughs>
1: so I want to answer your question. The, the answer to the question is, yeah, it all comes down to the creator. It comes down to the creator of the unique work in order...
0: So this guy in Australia was like, this dingo's got my camera. Yeah. That's she, the worst impression ever in Australian. But um, they're like, oi, you know, give it back exactly. And like, but I can understand this guy's frustration because, as a photographer, if that was his moment of fame, right? Right, and and all roads bought the di- camera. All roads yeah. didn't point back to his Instagram where he was gaining followers. He was just getting taken to the fucking barn mm-hmm. and just slaughtered with his photo that he thought he was that was his, and it comes back to. Like I said, the most interesting, interesting thing I've ever learned about this, about this photo, photo, photography copyright stuff is the person who has a finger on the trigger is the winner? It's it's kind of analogous to.
1: Um, there's no uh, statutory right for somebody who everybody thinks. Yeah, the record label pays for the record, and so then they get a cut of you know whatever's created. That's not true. Their cuts contractual. It's in the record deal. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing in the copyright law that does that. A lot of there's been a lot of times that managers of studios have challenged that and said, "Well, I was. Uh, it was at my studio. I knew this band. They were kids. They came in, and I I turned the lights on for them, and I engineered. I did the whole thing, and they're yeah. like, no, but you weren't in there." Plucking the guitar, singing in the microphone, whatever. So none of that matters. It's whoever is the creator. You
0: want to be here if it wasn't for me, (laughs) motherfucker. Like, how many of those conversations have gone down?
1: Well, ton. I mean, a, a large part of the litigation that I do is band breakups, and it's a lot like. It's a lot like a divorce ooh, this is juicy. every band breaks up and it's it's a lot like a divorce, and most of it is not pretty like ninety nine percent of it I mean at least you know, I probably hear all the ones that are are shitty because you know they come to me for are that you
0: much. familiar with steel panther it yes. used to be yes. uh used to be what's the name it used to be um uh it was uh, like rock, yeah, it was like it, steel panther now they're they are a eighties hair band cover band, and they play the part, the makeup the hair the The stand-up comedy. And they would pack the troubadour. They packed the key club No, they packed the key club on a Monday night. Yeah. It was the
1: thing to do on Monday. So
0: I had an old manager, quote unquote, and he was good friends with the drummer of Steel Panther. Ah. And um, God, the name that they used to be is going to come to our heads eventually. Um, But like, so before the show, I got to go backstage and hang out with them in the green room while they're getting ready. They all hate each other oh, yeah more than oh yeah anything you can possibly hate and so this guy was putting on his makeup his hair they all have kids and they've been doing this every week all around the world all around the country and this Monday night was looked like dead Mouse was playing yeah I, and that's when I, I got introduced to this really world really weird underground world of Hollywood well people don't realize that Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where you, everybody's sleeping and doing their thing and, and not and Sundays, going out, I'd say too. Yeah. there are some popping secret places going off.
1: Well, and that's like the scene, you know, if you're
0: like, and, those and are your nights off. Basically. I remember, I remember having, have a friend when I was like, started, like I said, it was like bar backing, you know, doing the thing. And I started hanging out in the industry world and the industry world introduced me to this world of, um. People rage on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays because that's their weekend. And, and on
1: Friday, Saturday, you're up till four or five in the uh, morning. You're seeing the sunset because you start work, just work just at working. six or whatever PM.
0: And people don't realize this, this 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 little counterculture that exists. And I saw it firsthand, like it, the Sunday at LAX with DJ AM. Mind blowing. Oh um, God! Yeah. And it was a banana split. Yeah. With Stevie Oki and yeah. I got I was there with uh, Jeff Polandi and Mighty Rocky for his birthday. I did so LAX
1: we, Saturday nights for about three years. Stevie yes, Oki, you did, yeah. And that was and, a fun, fun. And you're game. in that
0: little that little bunker.
1: The, yeah, the little like uh, it looked like a like a Star Trek like control panel yes. kind of thing.
0: And so that's the first time I stood right behind Am Skinny Am, not fat Am. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, Hey man, what's up? It's my pleasure. Oh, dude, nice to meet you. Like just my floor my jaw was <laughs> on the floor, dude. Yeah. And then he I think he died like a year later. Yeah. But um the that Sunday was the, the banana split was unreal. Yeah. And then I remember going to like these super secret burlesque shows at these at these bars that oh, only yeah. can, uh, that could only fit like fifty-two people.
1: Right. And, well, but, there was one on Melrose for a while. That was it, it was a, secret a but it was on like, like, a Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, it was like it was popping one of the nights. Yeah, my friend Jen Lasky used to do that, and and everybody had to their poppin'. seat. Yeah,
0: and it was like transvestites and like this crazy, cool, crazy cool LGBTQ like yeah. heaven.
1: And when I say Melrose, it was like it was kind of East Melrose. It was like by the Paramount Studio. Yes, I want to say it was it, it was it was a French name. It obviously wasn't Ledoux because yes. we all know what that is. But it was yeah. uh, something I forget.
0: And then like and and it's, it it was kind of seedy but it wasn't it yeah. was just like all these people and, and then i would meet like oh i'm the i'm the manager of uh, this club i'd be like hey man i'm richard i'm a fucking dj i would love to play your club and that's how you did you had yeah. to go out and do well, your Well that's thing. the thing
1: i mean even when you weren't playing you had to keep being out cuz i was those are yeah. the hours I was with people yeah because because kinda,
0: when, when you're off when you cuz when you're playing thursday friday saturday's yeah you ha- you can't you don't have time to go to these places you want to play because you're so booked and then the mon- the Tuesday, Wednesdays would roll around, sometimes Thursdays. Yeah. You'd go to like, you know, with the industry friends and meet his friend that's a bar manager of this place and all the managers and the owners all know each other and they all party in the same Hollywood Hills home and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, like what's that white powder right. over there, you know? Right. <laughs> you're like,
1: yeah, yeah. Because
0: like, dude, like... It's, it's like, a
1: wild life. That's what I'm saying. That's why I had to, that's why it came to a point where I was like, ah, I should probably like tone this down a bit and went to school. I still was DJing to like get my way through law school, but um, it's good money. it came a time like shortly after that. I mean, to be honest, it was because I got way too hammered at Sharky's on a Saturday night, yep. like shortly after law school. Now I, I made a mess of everything. And I was like, "All right, that's it. That's it. I yep. think this is the this is the you know this Dude, is the buzzer."
0: COVID killed me, killed my buzz, like killed that everyone. was My buzzle. Yeah. Okay. I haven't DJed since February. God, that how how's that?
1: That's got to be tough. Got ass. that government ah. cheese coming. I see, that's not bad. Wow. But still, like as a as an independent contractor, and you know, because DJing, you're ten ninety nine and everything. No,
0: so they had a regular one for people who are legit employees of companies, because yeah. and then for and then months later, they did a gig economy one
1: oh, is that like
0: la specific or national no it's just all national nice and i was and i found this out from lawyer from tomorrow's bad Seeds. Yeah. he was like dude. My, he, he was like all the boys my he's like all the boys are getting paid i was like wait what he's like yeah dude i we filled out this this paperwork and we're getting all this back pay because for all the weeks that when it started from the first time it started in in march till now plus 10 plus a 10-week extension wow
1: The only thing that sucks about that is it didn't kick in right after summer after everyone's touring and doing the whole thing. But like, you know, but it's not bad.
0: It's going to be a lot of free money. That's fantastic. And and I want to take that and reinvest it into, you know, creating an art show or like, you know, doing something crazy. I'm not going to buy like rims and a muffler. Right. Or doing, (laughs)
1: you know, stuff like this, just creating. That's, you know, it's important.
0: This is actually really awesome. I'm stoked you got to come here because you got to see my creative space. Yeah. and and uh, it, and like it feels so natural to be on a mic it for us. We we have <laughs> headphones on all yeah. the time, and we have this like mixing board in front yeah. of us. And and it took me a little bit to to go through it mm-hmm. and 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 establish it. It was like four or five months in after we did the Black Lives Matter um, uh, fundraiser. Yeah, which that was I cool. Saw, which is the first time I saw you in yeah. like years. Yeah, that picture was awesome. Yeah. And it was Reno took the picture. He sent it to me. I edited it Yeah, and made it all nice. And we, we were just like, we just had all this attention on it. So we were like, we just create this thing. I and just that's it. when I, I, like, I got to you. Like, I
1: have to have that and keep it. That's an awesome, like, just and then, a, I mean, this year has been so crazy. It's historical anyway. That's yeah. going to be a good one. That's like a part of it. There's so much stuff has happened. You forget like what's what I, yeah.
0: And, and it was cool because we were out, in the, out on lawn chairs sitting in the road, you know, yeah. just like shooting <laughs> shit. And then you roll up. I was yeah. like, fuck, yes. <laughs> I was like, my boy Larry's here. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. And then I started rapping. I was like, oh, you're a lawyer now? I was like, I, was like I got some shit for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. What's we that? started talking about licensing and stuff like that. Yeah, what's that I, like? Well, so, so yeah, like, so a couple of things the band breakups, um, you know, which we were just talking about, it's vicious. Like, um, for example, you were talking about, um, you know, Steel Panther and them like being in the dressing room and being mad at each other. I've been involved in, some festivals that like that you you would know of where they're like all right like this year we're bringing back like you know a well-known group right like that was like classic but you hadn't heard them perform together in a while be it hip-hop be it rock whatever and have been a part of having to draft the contracts and the writers that are like they're coming in on they're in different hotels it must be at least you know this many miles away they're taking different buses they're entering through different entrances their dressing rooms are on opposite sides of the stage like the whole way through to make sure that they don't have
0: to. For the same band. Yeah, exactly. For like groups that you
1: would think like, you know, let's say for example, there's a, it happens a bunch with like nineties hip hop bands Yeah, and, or groups. And they're like ones that you think are like tight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're, they're not. Well, I did, um, you know, with one firm, I represented Scott Weiland, um, in his thing. I don't know if you know trapped, but, um,
0: dude, throw, throw your resume out. uh, There's there's a bunch. I
1: I don't want to throw out a ton of stuff. I want some bragging rights it's been it's been fun like uh i've I've honestly represented people i didn't think that i would ever meet let alone uh that would trust me to deal with their royalties and stuff like that how Um,
0: fun is it being on that side of the coin
1: it's crazy (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah dude it's fun
1: it's crazy yeah it's crazy you know what else is crazy is that um when you start going to law school they you don't want to get picked on you don't want to get called by the teacher because you're like under the lights and you have no idea what you're talking about and they address you by your last name and i hadn't heard my last name in years it was always larry vision right
0: i do, i've like i legitimately thought your last name was vision yeah. for like
1: 8 years and that's like that's at least half like, of the people i know
0: i was so mad i was so jealous i was like god I was like, my last name's Podgurski. <laughs> like, what? You can't be famous. Ah, but you know, it's a stage you, name. That, like. that's, that's not a yeah. marketable name. Yeah. Right. And then Larry Vision. Like, damn, this guy's got well, vision. Well,
1: Castreta didn't seem marketable to me. So either. I, I you know, think I'm
0: gonna change my DJ name. I'm DJ re- Dick is good. That's, okay. uh, that's that's awfully good. Oh yes, I've had a <laughs> I've had a Pepsi a Pepsi head of marketing guy tell me he goes he goes, bro. He's like, that might be the worst name and the best name I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. He goes, I'll never forget that. It's derogatory. I spe- you spell it with a D-I-K, so there's no <laughs> C. So you- I got all the Twitter handles, the dot coms. The- really? Yeah, I got everything. Wow. I even, look- even got the international trademark. It was like as cheap. Bro, it was like 18 bucks worth on it. some website. You worth know? it, worth it. And uh, so I'm thinking, since I haven't DJed since February, I think I'm going to relaunch as a Richard Mixon.
1: Right, that's amazing are you kidding me see that's one of those that i, I can't believe people haven't thought about like I, yeah. I keep on looking back and wishing i would have been dj tanner like that would be yeah. you know the richard mixon that's dj fantastic. stanley
0: cup first place gets the bronze dude <laughs> Tan, no it's called the tanley cup yeah <laughs> yeah dude, um, dj okay I, the reason why i went with dik is because i always thought dj names were so fucking stupid i went right.
1: through some stupid names uh, oh i gotta admit that yeah, yeah. i was right. i was dj dream for a while there in the beginning
0: oh wow yeah it's and like a- vice
1: for example he always every time i see him he's like dream and i'm like dream. oh my god and he does it to kind of <laughs> he does it to kind of talk shit but also it's like a nod to how long we've known each other i mean he knows me as lv too but like yeah yeah so the point is you uh they start calling me by my last name, and um, the the story I was going to tell you, which is interesting, is for a long time there I had dreadlocks, and I was Larry. Bishop. You
0: did have long hair. Yeah, and I've, I remember now.
1: Yeah, and I've been involved. Dude, in, you're
0: d- first. First <laughs> long, You're dressed <laughs> like you just came out of a courtroom.
1: I just drove up from Laguna Beach. I just finished a long day of work. I was in a courtroom to a virtual courtroom today, but yeah, definitely arguing <sighs> an important motion, if you will. Like
0: it's yes. Yeah, and you still made time to come up here and hang out and do a podcast i really appreciate that yeah man but carry on
1: um god i forgot what the hell i was talking about
0: <laughs> let's have a sip of our fucking whiskey dude <laughs> cheers bro. yeah dude it's fun man it's it, it's oh uh, it's such a weird oh yeah i remember what it was oh go keep it yeah, so
1: the point of it is that you're, you'll get a kick out of this so the thing of it is um you know you like you were talking about we work in nightlife for a while and you know you, you see all these characters and there's a lot of shady shit that goes down in in the nightlife world, especially like in Hollywood and, and certainly down here. But um, I've been involved in litigation that has gone all the way through to like uh, uh, depositions and an arbitration where I'm standing face to face with people I used to know, like club owners and like, uh, you know, people that were bar managers before, something like that, now that are like part owners of something or whatever. And you hear some of these stories, like someone's just like pocketing like millions of dollars because they're supposed to do the cash drop and then a cash drop. Yeah, exactly that's right
0: biggest scam in that's all what night i'm saying clubs so I, is, a, is a cash drop
1: yeah i see these people and their girlfriends and i know i've known them well from like back in the day but i knew their real names and when i go in there and the, the judge is addressing me like hey uh, mr castrito so you know do you want to do this and that i'm literally like deposing these people or examining these people on the stand and they have no idea who i am because i'm dressed like this now you know shorter hair and like yeah. the, the last name or whatever it's it's uh it's kind of a funny thing. Like certainly, there's a there's a whole bunch of people that are like, "What? You're not, your name's not Larry Vision." Like, you know, some people only knew me as LV for short Dude, and all that.
0: What if there's a judge that got, that knew you from prior that became a judge? You litigated on his case, <laughs> and you're like, and the guy's like, Vision.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing. Um, yeah. There's been a couple times that people that I've known have been in good spots. Um,
0: okay, but how crazy is this? How crazy is this? A lot of people in our position. Usually don't sh- don't pivot from DJ to lawyer. Yeah, it's not usually that big of a one eighty. It's usually like DJ to like real estate agent. Right, right. Or me like DJ into something else creative like sure. photography. Yeah, you went from you went from like I sometimes think people like DJing is like one of the most unrespected jobs because like oh you're just get paid to party, bro. Eh. To one of the most respected jobs. Like,
1: It's I think it's a little both. I think there's a lot of people that I think it's a bit of jealousy or something like that when people are like, oh, it's so easy. Then it's like, all right, do it. You know, Um, it's open for anyone to do it. But, you know, the cream rises at the top.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess you have that like genetic disposition where like you can focus on something and see it through because I see a lot of people who DJ DJ and they don't want to do the grind that yeah. gets to the part to where you're running the residencies in Hollywood and right. running the residencies and, and all your different connections and relationships, because as a lawyer, like the relationships with the clients has to be one of the most important thing. Oh, for sure. And like being a DJ has set you up for walking into a room of strangers and leaving with a best friend.
1: Totally. Totally. And to be honest, I, um, I went to Southwestern university, um, frankly, I, I, I really would have liked to gone to USC, but when I ended up getting, I'd never saw my grades or transcripts or anything until I applied for law school and realized that I took it a, a bit too hard in undergrad. Um, went to Southwestern.
0: Who doesn't? Right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> I, w- I wasn't too mad about it, and Southwestern has this. Uh, it's a it's an entertainment institute, and looking at that curriculum, it was all if you want to be a lawyer, you know, and doing music. This is this seemed like the best spot. Um, it entirely was. Um, uh, one of my mentors, Gary Fine, was the guy who was a music lawyer for. All kinds of people. He used to be um, the associate of Peter Lopez, who was Michael Jackson's attorney, um, and then he's represented a ton of people. When I first started working with him, he was working with Red One, who did, and that was right after Gaga's first album, so he was huge. Yeah. Um, the first thing I worked on with him was uh, was the Michael Bublé Christmas album. I, I, okay
0: dude I, I, did, a, I, I, have,
1: I represented a producer that did three of those songs on that album and that's i have a my day Gubble that's Gubble one of my story. like that's one of my drops i don't that's care so <laughs> awesome
0: that is so awesome i saw i got michael buble um tickets gifted to me from a friend nice and um it was something like i would never buy tickets to go to and i was like Everybody's like, "Oh, my Buble, this guy's like, dude, like he just like he just sings like love songs and and everybody's talking shit." But like the musically inclined person to myself was like, "I've never experienced a performance of a person like this in my entire life." That's what I felt like he's the first time guy. I saw
1: Bieber. I can tell you that story in a second. Dude,
0: he's a modern day um, Buble. is a modern day Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Right, and we were in the Staples Center. Staples Center was like a month old at this point. I'm never gonna forget. He did a set, a set whatever, and then the low point before the big outro was he all the lights dark, one spotlight him in the middle. He ah. goes, I, he goes, I'm going to put my mic down and do acapella into the stadium for you guys at Staples. At Staples. Wow, this is how good the acoustics at Staples Centers was. Sure. He goes, ready? Puts his mic down. You hear a big old like a, you know what I mean? Mike wow. mic hitting the floor. Yeah, yeah. And he belts out the, like, most emotional couple lines. Frank Sinatra, the fullest voice. Wow. He filled an entire stadium. Wow. And with one spotlight, Mike on the ground, straight from the throat to everybody's ears. And I was like, what the fuck is, like, this guy is... This guy's a shit. I, wow. became, I became a big fan of him after that. I was like, I was like, I'm a, I'm a Michael Blair.
1: You know, <laughs> that's that's what happened to me when I first heard Justin Timberlake. I was, um,
0: was it Bieber or it Timberlake? Was, I'm sorry,
1: no, it was Bieber. It was Bieber. Uh, just the name Justin, Justin. The name Justin popped in my head. Oh, yeah. The, um, it's May. so I, with this guy Gary Fine. The way that I, so he was a professor for uh, music contracts, and then he taught the capstone class. But the capstone class was usually taught by a film, uh, an old, an older film attorney. And uh, he taught it. And I was just like, hey, I want to be you. I want to work with you. If you want to get into the music industry, pretty much anywhere, you know this. Um, but certainly law, you got to work for free for a you little gotta while.
0: You got to hang out on Epstein's couch.
1: It, it, well, maybe. That <laughs> <laughs> took a different route.
0: Wait, wait, no. Who was the guy?
1: So that's Gary Fine. There was another guy, Michael Kernan, that in law school I was working for. Um, and that was more litigation. So that's where I got my litigation okay, chops. Mind
0: you guys, this is back in the day when there were gatekeepers to you being famous. Now well, there's And let me tell two. you where I was
1: working. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I was working at the Jim Henson Studios, which was the old A and M Records. The first time I'd ever been there, I was interviewing DJ Quick for a hip hop magazine not too long ago, and Quick is one of my idols, production wise. You're like, what? So I'm like, I get this vibe, like, man, there's something about this place, right? And it was in the old recording studios at A and M that you know it continues to be, um, you know, various names of, of the recording studio. Anyways, I'm working in there. There's all kinds of people that are always there, whatever. But um, Red One's manager was there at the time. Um, Randy Jackson had a had an office there, like a lot of creatives that were around there. Um the We Are the World, what year was it? It was like Michael a, Jackson? But it was the it was like the thirtieth anniversary of the, the Oh because 50th, like Michael the Michael Jackson was like, anniversary. He's
0: like I wanna see your butthole.
1: No, so it would have been it would have been two thousand it would have been two thousand ten, maybe, yeah, somewhere around there. So I guess we are the world might have come out in I think it came out in eighty two. So it must have been two thousand twelve. And uh and they were doing the what would that be, like the thirty year anniversary, whatever it was. Yeah. So they had a whole bunch of people coming in and singing, Streisand was there. And that was incredible. Yeah. And then, like, like Lionel Richie was there. And then, of course, like, a bunch of new artists and stuff like that. And so you're listening to all these people. The new artists were cool.
0: Bieber was, like, 11 years old. He was, like,
1: 11 years old. It was the first time I'd ever <laughs> even heard his name or yeah. anything. Like I was, And when he went in, he went after Streisand into the booth. And so the thing was, is out in the parking lot, which the, the Henson Studio is, like, this... Uh, there's, like, a courtyard thing in the middle of, like, kind of a U-shape. On one side's a soundstage. On the other side are some offices. And there's, like, you know, some puppeteering stuff on the other side, whatever. Yeah. But... um the everyone that was going into AM, actually AM's at the kind of the U of the horseshoe, everyone that was going in to record would be in the studio. Everybody else that was waiting, they set up a bunch of chairs, like loungy kind of thing in the whole just like fucking, courtyard area.
0: Yeah, just a nice little room and they, hang out and chill.
1: It's outdoor and then they set up screens and, you know, good sound system so you could hear the singers that were in there because everybody was like this was like a meeting of like everyone who was top of the, the
0: You're playing with the biggest big boys in the industry. Yeah, it was like and top so of they, the pops They drop they drop all the stops. So that's that's, that's what i always loved about big Hollywood productions and like and like yeah. Weaseling our way into these cool little scenes. Yeah. Is that you experience money with with a limited amount of imagination attached to it. Right.
1: Right. right. And and so and then also like a lot of, you know, my idols, which that, you know, obviously comes from money, whatever, but like, you know, money gets them to come there and that whole thing. But also, I think it was Michael Jackson and and you know, yeah. there was a bunch of factors. Um and so the uh so everybody that was like, you know, like I say, all these like uh top old, like artists, Grammy winners that you know, and then some new kids and um and everyone's like watching whoever's going on to see like their performance you know for a lot of of being
0: inspired by each other yeah
1: for a lot of for a lot of people that were like maybe like top pop artists right then they've never seen like Lionel Richie live they've never seen Streisand live that kind of thing
0: how cool is it when you see a mega pop artist meet another mega pop artist they're always they have this weird tribalism together yeah where it's like hey dude like I feel you. Like, I know what you're going through and I know what you're about to go through.
1: That's true. There's also a lot of competitiveness and it's not even just sometimes with them, but maybe like parents or friends or whatever. Like, like it's funny because like the Dance Moms thing, it doesn't like leave the performance world, even in like pop music and all that. So for example, Streisand goes on, right? Everyone comes out of the woodwork. Like we're saying, people might've gone to the bar, people might've gone to the bathroom, whatever Streisand sings. So like, right. Just, you're
0: just peeing next to Lionel Richie. You I used a
1: different bathroom, but yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> um, the point of it is that, after that this kid goes on that no one had seen and he starts singing and i'm like holy smokes who is that like that's ridiculous you know how, fucking, how who found this person all of that Biebs. and somebody's like it's this guy justin bieber that everyone says is was be, like, usher really good there whatever. um usher was there
0: that's um, probably the genesis because remember usher was like his first big mentor right
1: and i think that's the thing i think usher probably him got him on yeah 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 so that there's that I, i've more recently played hockey with him a bunch like out in, out in the valley but uh with the beebs the bees played. He played hockey in the valley for a while there. Then he started working on the album. Then he's not living yeah. like in L.A. anymore. But when he was living all up in Calabasas, he'd come down and play. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, we just check his ass. Um, but, you know, people took it easy on him. The other thing is, people were like, hockey itself is also kind of a tribal thing. So everyone kind of while they fight on the ice, we protect each other. So paparazzi would come by and stuff like that. And then you get all these big hockey players going out there. Like, you guys yeah. want to go right now? Or like,
0: dude, I would take advantage <laughs> i'm i'm just speaking from like the chaotic mind of my own all right where like if i had the opportunity to play hockey like like full-on gear hockey yeah. with like the craziest pop stars in the world <laughs> i would just freight train a few of them you know Dude,
1: there's a there's a skate it's so you know there's leagues right you play like you know a bunch of a bunch yeah, of what games kind of of season. is this this is just reg- there's leagues so you play a bunch of games in the season but he became uh you know, he, Came down to the rink, I guess, talked to the manager and was like, yeah, you know, can I come play here whatever? And one, guy's of like, I, guys like, yeah. one of my one of my closest friends was also working there at the time. And he's this huge guy. And, you know, the, the manager was like, hey, this guy will watch over you, you know, whatever. Anytime you want to come down, I'll just tell the teams that are playing like, hey, do you need a substitute? Which happens all the time in hockey. And then he comes on. He's a good skater. He's got good hands. Um, you know, he's not trying to like get in the corners and like get, you know, just he demolished. Wants to
0: play and shoot it with the, have, he wants to
1: play, you know, it's Canadian. He's he's he's, have
0: fun with the and the thing is he's, he's,
1: he's, you could tell he loves it. You could tell us it's, it's a fun thing for him. And the thing is like, everyone's like, okay, well, you know, whatever it's people, like, I, I'm around it a bunch, but most people aren't, but everyone was just cool. And he always, whenever he comes, he like got to know everyone's name that's and he's another, like high five and everybody and blah, blah, blah. That's
0: another thing about, um, uh, I see people, how they act around really famous people. Yeah. And that's that was like kind of an unspoken thing as as like a DJ like us I'm not going to put us in the same bucket but like when we get injected to these insane exclusive Hollywood worlds Yeah. Um if you're the first one busting your phone out and taking a selfie oh, with them, you are on, you're out. Done. You're out. <laughs> yeah. And like
1: I have, I have to tell that to my wife sometimes I'm like just, just it's okay like, And then you're like there's... I'm going to do
0: it. I'm going to walk up to him. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk up to him. I'm going to take a picture. Here I go. And yeah. it. and it's like you ain't going to get asked back. No, exactly. Yeah? And 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 that's a kind of translated, I learned that kind of same etiquette when I was taking photos with Pepper. Yeah. Being the stage of photography for them.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that band.
0: And and I grew up in co- like college. I was like, they're gods to us. And yeah. then somehow, some way, I became friends with uh, Yasad. And Yasad's like, come shoot my show. Kaboo nice. and yada, yada. And then backstage though, you're with like reggae legends. Right, exactly. You're with... Always, some like Bruce Willis would walk around the corner, like "What the fuck is yeah. this guy doing?" Here? Yeah, and like you got to keep your cool. Yeah, and uh, I have a Bieber story. This is like 2016, 17. He jumped on stage with me at American Junkie in Hermosa Beach. Awesome, and and he he was with two friends, no security, and he's running around Hermosa, and people were kind of following him around, and he jumped in. He jumped on. It was like 11:30. I was just playing. Fucking tribe called Quest is doing my thing. What year is this? This is like two and a half, three years ago. Okay. October. Yeah, I think three years ago. Yeah, and uh, and he's running around Hermosa. There's all these. I was getting texts like, "Dude, Bieber's at Patrick Mallory's Oh, now Bieber's in Tower. He walked out the back door of Tower. Huh. And then all of a sudden, I was and I was like, "Dude, I got a gig at American Junkie. Like, just tell, if anybody sees him, just tell him to come my way." Yeah. And then randomly around eleven thirty, it was kind of dead. It wasn't. It was like one of those weird off weekends, winter type like late October type things. It was really yeah. like a week before my birthday. It was kind of before Halloween. No one really went out. It, was, it wasn't popping, but it was good. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Bieber showed I was, di- I was actually, this is a story. I was dipping into <laughs> my backpack looking for like, I don't even remember. And I look up and there's Bieber right there with like his two like really styled out friends. I'm like, God, these guys, these guys look good. Yeah, These guys aren't Hermosa- Regulars, Yeah, and this and is this was the like, first
1: time they wore those outfits.
0: And then my girlfriend's like, she's hitting me in this, this is fucking Justin Bieber right there. <laughs> I was like, what? And then so he jumps. He goes under the thing. He's kind of like almost running from people, it seemed like. Yeah. And I, I would and, imagine I, that's how I, it's got to be. Up, I'm like, hey, what's up? I was like, hey, what's up, man? My name's Richard. What's your name? Yeah. Just to kind of give him the whole like, I don't already... Right. I, kinda, I, I really recognized him at first. You got to do that. I love but that I was, I was like, hey, love dude, my movie. name's Richard. Nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want like, hey, man. And I was like, hey. And then-, and then and i was like, hey, so- I
1: know who you are. I'm the it, biggest Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, then yeah. all of a
0: sudden saw a wall of cell phones come through the bar. Because it, it, he walked through the front and up to the stage to where I was, directly to where I was. Yeah. And then it, there's a slow, this wall of cell phones coming up towards us. Wow. And then so the security was like- losing it they're yeah. understaffed that night yikes and he didn't have security staff himself that's not good and but it was it was chill yeah and he um when i first talked to him i was like hey dude listen stay right here behind this bar and behind this little like divider between the on stage bottle service table and where the dj booth is it was just like the kind of the same yeah, stage area just, yeah. it's just lifted up right and um i was like you're safe right here And I go, don't worry, dude, I'm not going to take my cell phone out and try and take a picture with you. He goes, thank you. I just want to chill. He goes, can we get a bottle of something fun? I was like, yeah, I was like, that's all it is. I was like, yo, 1942 right now. Yeah. So 1942 started flying. Yeah. There's a, there's a picture that's on my Facebook profile of him with a microphone. We're back to back. I'm chugging a bottle of 1942. His head's <laughs> leaning against my head. That's awesome. And he's chug and he has his the microphone on. But we got to that point where we're like, "Hey, dude." He's like, i want to do a couple new songs." This is like a that it's, night. It's, yeah, this is like two yes. weeks after his number one new number one hit came out. Okay. And he, he he I was doing my thing. I was like, "Yo, dude." I was like, "Hey, I got a couple good remixes because I have like the house versions of his songs, mm-hmm. not the actual actual." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Real versions i radio versions. I've literally never been a fan of them. Right. I, I, I haven't been like a super fan, but like I was like, some of his songs hits, but his house versions of those songs hit way harder They're nice. than the originals. Yeah. Right? The vocals are amazing. Any right. good vocal on a really good house track is that's what it's all about to house,
1: is trying to find the right like so, vocalist.
0: So he goes, Do you have blah 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 song? Which was like the number one on the charts in the entire world. Yeah. And I go. I, I, I tried and search it. i was like, oh, I was like, sorry, dude, I don't have it. He goes, what? He starts yelling at me. He goes, what? It's the number one song in the country, bro. You don't have it? I was like. Yikes. I was like, you know what, dude? Honestly, I'm not your biggest fan here. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't say it that to him in right, my yeah, head.
1: But,
0: yeah. I was like, bro. Yeah. Just calm your tits, yeah, Justin. Yeah, I'm the DJ here. You right. walked onto my stage. Exactly. I'll
1: get you some booze and everything. Hang I, out. Like, just
0: oh, here. Take this bottle of 1942. I'm gonna queue up one of your jams.
1: I think that's honestly respectful. Like, uh, you know, I, that's that's normal.
0: But at the same time, though, I was like shitting my pants. I'm that sure Justin, that in the back
1: of his head, then, he was like, "Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have you know popped off. It's on my show." Like, no, he, no, he didn't really that. pop
0: off. He was just like, he was just kind of joking, having. A well, good yeah, time no, with I it. popped
1: off is the wrong thing. But yeah, yeah like I sh- maybe I should like just kind of lay back. So
0: kind of now the. The DJ booth starts filling up with all my like, so I have like friends. There's like three levels. No like, way. My, I have my really good <laughs> I have my really good close friends yeah. who like I always have all access everywhere. Right. I have my good friends. That I see a lot, but I don't really like know them personally. And right. then, then then there's the, the acquaintances yeah. that are always around. Right. That are always kind of like, you don't really like, you don't ever make an effort to hang out with them. Right. They're and they know your there. name for sure. But they, some of them you're like, Shit, is I like, just call uh, them bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, babe yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know and um and then so my good friend my girlfriend was right behind me and she was like fucking she was filming she was like i got to this is crazy she took a selfie it was insane and then people were filming me so i thought i was like i'm not going to be the kook and bust myself yeah right that's now. the thing you don't have to because i that, knew let everyone else everybody else is doing yeah. it i was like i'm gonna get one of these videos from somebody somewhere at some point. Yeah, yeah. And of it was a wall of cell phones. We're, of lo- course. we're talking people crawling over each other. I believe it. And then so I queue up one of his jams, which is the house song, and he murdered it. Like he. On knew- the mic on the mic Sweet. i was like, I was like cause because 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 a 32 count hit yeah and i was like dude the chorus is gonna hit first and then it's gonna go to, it go into your fucking your your 64 right right and then it's gonna go back to your chorus and it's gonna do and then it's then after the chorus it's gonna do a drop and then it's gonna repeat this and it's gonna redo it i like we had like a little huddle nice like me and the beebs yeah we're like huddled together <laughs> i'm like this is how this house track's gonna go he's like oh i got it got it i was like I right, fuck yeah yeah i was like you're the professional right
1: exactly i was gonna say he's you know he's he's used to that
0: and uh and so did it did it and then the third song that's fantastic so we did two songs and he's got
1: to automatically have respect there for you knowing like all right this is where
0: we're doing this is what's happening at this time and and how to count it out his homeboys are like raging yeah and he was like dude those remixes are sick i'm nice i'm like i'm like thanks bro (laughs) and then he goes play the newest of the new new track i can't i'm so sorry guys i can't remember exactly what this track was was it sorry it was, yes, it was probably sorry. <laughs> and so we started losing our shit. And my manager's right next to me because he's like, I'm all access. But the acquaintance things, the acquaintances are starting. Oh, is
1: this the one you told him you didn't have?
0: This is the one I told him I didn't have. Nice. But what's crazy is, is that the, the DJ stage started filling up with my good friends. And then now the acquaintances oh, are, like, are like, up, bro? like, what do you mean I like, can't come up here? I'm like, yo, dude, the Biebs is right here. Yeah space, tonight, so I'm like, I'm space I'm like, tonight i'm like i'm like i'm like dude we i can't even breathe right now i'm, yeah. like, I'm like the only person that i would let, allow her here right now is my girlfriend right you guys can hover you yeah. can get close but like you can hover and right. i think my other friend james like weaseled his way in. my boy james is like the nicest like introvert of a kid yeah. And and he was like so you right know he's not there with act me a fool yeah yeah he was an after fool. so i was like you yeah. can chill yeah and then so my manager was like dude we need to queue up the song. So we we connected the iMac to one of the inputs of the mixer ah, uh-huh. real quick.
1: Because you had extra chords. So
0: so everybody's kind of waiting. <laughs> it's a third song. We hook it up, it's kinda silent. Yeah. Dude, we finally get find the track on YouTube. We play it. All of a sudden, boom. Commercial. Oh, I was just gonna say, no, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Oh my
1: God. At, at like fucking 1230 or one o'clock or it's, something like that. It's
0: 1145. He <sighs> just got there. He's about to play his next uh. commercial. So I I pulled it down. I pulled the sound down. I'm like, yo, hold on two seconds. He gets something like, yo. he's like, yo, yeah, which is kind of,
1: that's, it's, that's a good, he did his, a good like bandaid right there. He just
0: hit performance and All of a sudden yeah. started going. So I faded it back up like halfway, like eight counts in. Yeah. And then he starts doing his thing and everybody's just like, I don't want to be re- like, not remember this moment ever you know, and yeah. all the cell phones, it was on TMZ the next wow. day. Wow, that's awesome. And then, and then all of a sudden after, so after that song, he's like, we he, he fucking high five, little bro hug. Yeah. And he's then, a good guy. and then all of a sudden, it, I was like, I got to, how do I follow this? And then like, I, I pulled out my best banger ever, ever I can possibly find at that moment. Bubble and butt. It, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> I started it low at the buildup. Was like, it that? And then dude, the place erupted more than I've ever seen in a place erupt ever because Hell people yeah. were so amped.
1: Already charged. Bieber yeah. was
0: still on stage, just hanging out, chugging 1942,
1: dancing to the same song. It was
0: like a full blown music video. Oh man! In there, remember those and then,
1: times? Holy shit! And man, then, it seems so foreign right now.
0: And then, like 12 minutes later, gone. Yeah. No more Bieber. Into the night. Into the night. <laughs> And then it was on...
1: Over to Tower 12 or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) And then probably went to Sharky's.
1: Yeah. But that, dude, that's fantastic. That's a good memory.
0: And I was like... It was just like it came and it went and I was just like, what? <laughs> and all of a sudden, like the last hour that night was just the most, because the whole city knew that Bieber was at American Junkie. Yeah. And the place was the most Richter I've ever seen it go. And it was like shooting fish in a barrel. Nothing's more easier <laughs> than DJing to a room full of people. Yeah. Yeah. You can play exactly, especially when
1: they're charged. You can play anything, and they're like, "This is amazing." You can play. Why how did even think about doing this? This is fantastic. I was like, "I'm gonna drop
0: reels on a bus."
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Wheels on a bus, and everyone just starts like
1: screaming. Yeah,
0: (laughs) you know what I mean. The whole place would be like exactly wheels on the bus. Yeah, you cannot do
1: that shit when it's half capacity. No way. And
0: you slam it down (laughs) all day long. Exactly, I love that. Yeah, it would have been so wild. Yeah, that and then. That was the memory. That's awesome. I love that, dude. Don't you want to DJ again,
1: dude? I I just want to be out again. I just want to be. I want to hear loud speakers outside again. You know, I've, I'm. I've got like my monitors and stuff like that, but I want to hear an amplified sound. Like I'd love to,
0: dude. I love a good two thousand watt speaker to the dome. Yeah yeah of course
1: i mean that's i used to like my monitors high and my headphones high like i just kept everything just going how are your ears doing not bad not bad my My wife says that like i like i don't think you can hear me right now (laughs) because something goes in one and out the other no it just it's not bad honestly i thought when i was younger that i was like you know what i don't care like if i get older it'll probably go sooner than it should but right now i'm good
0: when we were 26 like we thought we were gonna be DJing forever. We thought we we're gonna be famous. Yeah, we're gonna be traveling the world. Well, you have to. We're gonna get... have so much money. I don't need another job. Yeah,
1: you have to think that way in order to you know get where you and get. Look
0: at you, dude. I'm a I'm an artist, and you're a I'm a struggling artist, and you're a full blown lawyer.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a you know it's interesting, but um, you know like I say, still you know still sticking around music. I um, it was it was I recently moved a little bit further from LA proper, and it's it was difficult because. Um, there was a lot, a long part of my lawyer life where I was spending a lot of those times where we used to try to, you know, like you're saying, talk to owners and managers about getting nights. I'd be at like, you know, some of the small venues in LA talking to bands, and and I, I would help out a lot of like up and coming bands that I really liked, that and, feels and they'd so be good. like, hey, you know, we're playing the show, you know, it's like a, or I would get them a showcase, or the manager gets them a, so- a showcase. <laughs> ha, Thank you. Yeah. So I'm going down and I'm, I'm seeing a show on a Tuesday night, you know, school night basically, and it's it's harder to do that now, but also it's not quite happening now, so. I'll be able to. When?
0: When's the last time you actually DJed?
1: The last time I actually well, I DJed on my birthday, you know, COVID style, like yeah. that kind of thing on the deck. But like,
0: what was your last like good paying gig?
1: The last, it wasn't even great paying gig. But the last time I DJed was on uh, Mamaya Beach in Constanza, Romania during their like Summerfest. It was this place look called at, at Crazy you. Beach.
0: I want to get can well, I my wife. My agent? wife's
1: Romanian, so I've got connections out there. That's I was the like, thing. can
0: I get your agent's number,
1: bro? <laughs> But they had this amazing. They got an amazing setup on the beach there, an amazing like cabana DJ booth thing. It was it was great. I hadn't in a while, and the thing is, I didn't have all my stuff. It was like I got there, and they were like, you know, the, we want to put you on kind of thing. And uh, so Wait, I was. Wait,
0: did, did, did you do the? Oh, sorry, I can't even talk. Did you did you do the the old? I'm here. Let's throw down type deal
1: um i guess so one of our one of my wife's cousins who's one of my like better friends of hers that are the cousin i love them all but uh one guy i, I really connect with his one of his good friends owns this club that's there and i guess had talked about me or and something that's how Facebook, that's like, how
0: i've gotten every single one of my guests. yeah
1: sent soundcloud stuff whatever and uh yeah. and that was that and so um they were like come by and it was the kind of thing where you come by you know like when like kind of in the afternoon kind of well you want to play in the you middle did, of the day, but I was, I was initially just went to at talk 10
0: to the guy that's there. Who's running the show.
1: Well, I initially went at 10 and, you know, threw down like a little something for an hour. wasn't that popping, but it's a kind of time, you know, when you go show up go, to someplace the first time yep. and you come off the thing and they're like, listen, now anytime, like what slot do you want? You can have it. Yeah, so
0: because you gain their trust. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Oh man. Like that's a good tip for up and coming DJs that are listening. Just go out and meet people.
1: Oh, and when I first started DJing the uh, Thailand full moon, I, so I went to Copenhagen first and it was just backpacking traveling, but I brought a bunch of music with me and I brought like a, a small, you know, now people just travel
0: it. with USB sticks.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, at that time I, I had like 300 CDs with me and God, I knew that they imagine were going to have now, right? Exactly. Oh, just
0: plug in my USB stick. Let me use your headphones real quick. Bro. Exactly.
1: So that's, I mean, for, in Romania, thankfully that's what happened is I was able to put things on just USB sticks and roll and they had, you know, they had the stuff that could make it work, you know, but, uh. But yeah, so the thing is, I'd roll in there and be like, "Hey, you know, like I'm a DJ from LA, blah blah blah," and they're like, "Okay, and the,
0: no, but the, but here's the deal: making it as a DJ in Los Angeles, yeah. is pretty hard. It's really saturated with Very a saturated, lot of really yeah. good guys." And a lot of people build moats around the residencies oh, of course. for only their friends.
1: Well, that's the thing. And then if you have a residency, like you can't, you can't go on vacation. You have to stay there unless yeah. your friends are like, dude, Hello, I, did, I, did, I, did,
0: I did every Friday for like two and a half years straight in Hermosa. Yeah. And I also did like Thursdays I did Tuesdays I had Saturdays Yeah. and then people are like, I'm getting married next month. I'm like, Whoa, dude, I have like a, a $4,000 wedding book. Like I can't just not go. I can't, just, right. they booked me a year and a half ago. Like yeah. I, can't, I can't just like cancel on these guys. I'm yeah. like, fuck. So I've, you've, I've lost some friendships or like not hmm. friendships, but more so like you lose closeness with these people because yeah. you don't go to like, it'd be like a week before like your friend's bachelor party. Right. And you're like, dude, I have this Saturday residency that pays me fucking a thousand dollars a night. Mm-hmm. And if I bail on this, I'm going to lose it because you can lose your job like that.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: You're done. Yeah. As soon as you're out, they're going to get a new guy in and the new guy has all his old new friends and his, and the new guy comes in with a group of like fifty people, and then the bar manager gets addicted to that person. Well, if because they're, good, they're making that's more money. that's the thing.
1: If you can slide in and you're good, then yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna get the next. Dude, gig. there's
0: always the most hungry people yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, but you've got a you've had a long career, fought it all off. You have stayed I, at the my, top.
0: F- my first paying gig when I was like seventeen. I'm thirty seven now. That's twenty years, dude.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good runs. Dude, this COVID thing. I mean, for all of our friends. I've been. Crazy. I've
0: never been healthier though in my entire life. Yeah, you look amazing,
1: sir. Uh, I appreciate it. I mean, it's getting to winter time. I'm not surfing as much now, but yeah, uh, dude. I'm so happy.
0: I'm like super happy we got to hang out. Um, I hope. I hope everybody here learned a few things.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, R.I.P. Spinbad. Um, you know, we lost another good oh, one. Oh
0: yes, we did. Rest in peace. Yeah. God, I always wonder. You always wonder what happened.
1: Nobody knows they, that that information hasn't that, come out yet. Okay, so but he was that, 47 or 46. He wasn't. Okay, but that not much older than points
0: us. to either like 15 heart attack. You know what I mean? 75, some sort of like like drug something. You know what I mean? Some sort of pill something. Could
1: it could you know also just be one of the many cancers um, or cancer? Yes, especially like a DJ. You know, but the,
0: usually you hear about their. Cancers, be, you know i mean like when things are usually tight knit
1: i don't know if we'd get a news break for spin bad having cancer no you no know? maybe but, amongst djs but yeah you
0: would be able to like know like oh he just lost his fight with cancer and usually be kind of well right that's a, good usually, that's a good point that's a good usually people kind of are really outward about it yeah, yeah so i'm saying. always like when i see people being very secretive about it it's not a very proud thing the families want to release as information yeah i think you're right and 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 as it should be, you right. know what I mean. Right. Like that's not none of our business. Let's just talk about this guy's life. And yeah, I remember too that that guy's a legend.
1: He's a legend, wow. exactly.
0: Yeah. God, and I, and then like all the DJs we follow on Instagram and stuff, like Vice, or, or like, they have all their like old photos with them, and it's like it kind of like brings you back. Like um, I heard this tip once: is like you should go to someone else's funeral like a couple times a year, and they always say like they don't talk about the things you've had, you you acquired, they talk about the impacts you made on their lives. Exactly. No one yeah. talks about that car you got. No one talks about that cool thing you bought. Right. Or that The one, watch you used to have or yeah, something. Yeah, they don't ever talk about that. They talk about what influenced you the most from that person's life. Yeah. And I'm always like, God, dude, I hope, I hope I'm influencing other people's lives. Well, I can tell you, I mean, I still have a lot of people. It's kind of been my motto lately. Like I kind of really want to like focus more on like personal connections, like, like seeing you like a couple months ago. I'm like, now we get to hang out and talk. Yeah. And then, and then, and then now we have this recorded. It's going to be in the air forever. And it's like, if like, God forbid something happens to you, I can always go back and listen. Remember that time I hung out with fucking Larry all day and had a good time. Yeah. And I was like, and also, too, like goes back to bringing up other DJs. Right, like you brought me up. Right, like you exactly. were you you gave me opportunity where I was just like, you were a god <laughs> to me. Like you, I was like, I'm I going to that. I'm going to Hollywood with fucking Larry Vision right now.
1: That was a fun night.
0: And like yeah, and like I rolled up in my like three series BMW. We were having a time and like and like uh,
1: carrying your your DJ bags out, your vinyl out. And
0: then now we're now we we go come full circle and like. Yeah, I hit you up for copyright infringement and you're a copyright infringement lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Like full circle.
1: Yeah, that's kind of one of the things um, when you say what's on my mind, that's kind of one of the things that's on my mind right now. I've got a producer that did, uh, he produced a song, it's a hit and um, he's not getting paid. So technically that's copyright infringement. Normally it got it all gets settled with the letter. Hey, send us the accounting. You know, this is the agreement. He should be getting this percentage, whatever, send us a check. Usually it ends there, but you know, it can go
0: further. It, what's crazy is that you've you've been inundated with the money world. Like, this it's is crazy. my bag of cash.
1: It's crazy, but yeah. But we are, we come world. from
0: the world where we're like this. All I need some tasty waves, <laughs> exactly. cool buzz, and I'm fine. Yeah. um, Larry, yep. it's been a treat.
1: Dick, it's been a fantastic treat. I appreciate you having
0: me. Dude, Um, you can follow us on uh, I Don't Know Dude podcast on Instagram. I-D-U-N-N-O is how you spell it. I don't know, dude. I figured I I figured out be good spelling for it because I don't I, like I it. don't know, dude, was taken everywhere. It's also too proper for what I think the yeah you, the vibe and is. Po- pronunciation doesn't yeah. look good. Yeah. Um we have odonodue.com. And where can we find you? What's your Instagram? DJLVESQ. DJLVESQ on see, Instagram. It's kind
1: of like, you know, a metamorphosis.
0: Yeah. I love it. Dude, I'm gonna start the Richard Mixon Instagram. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, man. It was it's 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 been fucking awesome. Stoked we got to hang out. We can uh, our whiskeys are done. Let's make another. Yeah, could be done. All right, dude. Cheers. Thank you for having me, bud. Ours